What you got there? <sighs> this? This is a dead man ale. Dead man ale. Yeah. It's uh it's actually Dead Guy Ale by Rogue. That's crazy because I have Dead Guy Ale. Oh. Are we twinsies? Tw- twinsies. Twins eight Sunday? I guess, even though you, you, you just brought me this beer, so Oh. Alright. Did we just start the podcast? We just started the podcast. <sighs> Man, first episode. First episode, and we're already off to a rocky start. <sighs> it's been rough. We've been sitting here for two and a half hours trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to talk about. How was your weekend, man? Uh, it was good. You know, I uh, left on Friday. I had Braylon for spring break. My son uh, drove to Victorville, spent the weekend with my dad, stayed nice. the night at his house, chilled, watched movies. Uh, my stepmom cooked, had beer. And uh, as we were watching movies, we were looking for something to watch. And as we're scrolling, uh, I noticed that uh, Jackass Forever was on Paramount Plus. And you remember, like, when it first came out, what, like, three weeks ago now? Something like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, We were supposed to see it together. Yeah, I remember. So I thought to myself that, oh, you know what? I'm going to save this. I'm not going to watch it right now because I know Troy wants to watch it. And I have Paramount Plus, so I'll just invite him over so we can watch it together. Okay. And uh, we found another movie to watch. Uh, it was like Book of Saul. It was a spinoff of the Saul movies with Chris Rock. He was like a detective, and his dad was Samuel L. Jackson. Fun fact, I've never seen any of the Saws. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I I mean, I think I've seen them all. It, I mean, kind of. it's kind of like the Fast and the Furious. It's just... Storylines just, yeah. just kind of <laughs> line up. You already know, you know, the good yeah. guy, bad guy thing or whatever. But anyways, uh, so we started watching that. And I'm laying on the couch and yeah, I'm on Instagram and I see that you put a story on Instagram. Uh-huh. I've put plenty of stories on Instagram. Yeah. But this one in particular stood out to me. Uh, you were at the movies. Oh, fuck. And... Went to go see Morbius. Are you sure it was me? Uh, I'm positive. You're the only uh, living seventh swell that I know. Uh, so, and it made me think back to a couple weeks ago when I, I was out of town and you were hanging out with my brother, Gio. Right. And Gio was like, hey, let's go see Batman. And you were like, no, I need to wait for Devin. Right. I guess this was not. Okay, you see... The Batman one, there's a good explanation for. Batman's like your number one favorite comic book character, so it's True. Batman. I could, we can't go see Batman without your brother, Gio. But when we went to go see Batman, what trailer did we see? We watched the Morbius trailer. And, and we did say, we got to go see this. Hmm. In my defense, I have a great explanation for this. Thought it'd be rich. Good thing I have my rogue... <laughs> Dead man Dale. It's dead guy's ale, I think. Dead dead guy ale, rogue. Yeah. But so <clears throat> Friday I got super ill. I was barfing my brains out. Yeah, this, you left work early. Yeah, this 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 illness, I guess, has, has been going around. Uh it, it it's all over the news saying that there's some uh, virus breaking out that 
people are getting, you know, it's just uh, causing like a flu-like symptoms. People are throwing up, diarrhea, all that good stuff. But uh, that was Friday, right? So Saturday rolls around. It's the weekend. I, uh, I'm feeling, I'm not 100%, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better, you know. I'm feeling a little bit better. So I tell Ashley, you know, let's, uh, I want to go to the antique store. So Ashley gets ready, and uh, for those that don't know, Ashley's my, my woman, my significant other. <coughs> uh, so she gets ready, uh, and she, she, she doesn't do well with the heat. And uh, she doesn't do well with taking her own vehicle because the air conditioning in her vehicle is busted. Mm. So she turns to me and asks me, hey, do you want to take your truck or do you want, want to take my car? And I'm like... Let's take your car. And she bitches, why? You know my air conditioning is broke. And I said, yeah, well, we're going to the antique store and parking is scarce. I'm not taking that big-ass truck and trying to park it at the antique store. You know, there's barely any parking. So we start driving. She, She automatically starts backing out of the driveway, driving away. Talking about, oh, I want to go to Ross, and I want to go to Target, and I want to go to Jamba Juice. And I'm like, man, Jamba Juice sounds great. Let's go to Jamba Juice. She starts driving in the direction of Tropical Smoothie, which is the polar. It's like it's like Jamba Juice is Target, and Tropical Smoothie is Walmart. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's how it is for me. And uh, so she forgot her wallet. <coughs> so I tell her, you know, turn, turn around. Let's go back to, uh, let's go back to the house. We'll grab your wallet, and uh, we'll continue going. So this whole time, she's bitching about how hot it is, and this is why she doesn't like driving away from the house without a plan, and already her anxiety is through the roof. You know, she she, she, she doesn't have a plan. And when she doesn't have a plan, or she if, if I don't have a plan, I never have a plan. The moment I leave the house, the, the only thing I know is where I'm going. Right. Same. I don't know how I'm getting there. Or, you know what I mean? I just fucking fire up the truck, and I go. I might stop at the liquor store before I go, grab something to drink. I might stop at McDonald's and grab something to eat. But one thing's for sure. Point A to point B. Right. How I'll get to point A to point B is is <coughs> is, is a mystery. You know, so we get, we get home, and she... Uh, She's still bitching and still bitching, and uh, my kids are now yelling at me, blaming it on me, and then uh, blaming her bitching on me. So <laughs> we start driving down uh, the street. She's still complaining. So you took the kids with you when you guys went? Yeah, so we, okay. yeah, we took the kids. You got a full uh, house. So yeah, we got all the kids in this hot-ass car. I'm just kind of like tuning everybody out, strolling through Instagram. I come across Morbius. The trailer on Instagram. Watching the trailer. So Ashley all of a sudden turns her radio up super high. And she's like, the kids are in the back. Ah, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. And uh, once she turns it down, she's like, sorry, I didn't want to listen to your fucking dad's Instagram. And I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm walking home. So I at, this, at the red light, I get out of the car and I start walking home. No shit. For real. <laughs> <laughs> and and so uh they they go about their business. I walk all the way home. This I'm I'm at uh Lake Mead 
over there by your house. Mm-hmm. I walk all the way home from Lake Mead. It's not that far, but, you know, it, it was actually a nice walk. It was very nice outside. The wind was blowing. But the problem is I was stick, sick still. You know, I had the BGs. I, my, my head wasn't right, you know, but I walked. I walked all the way home. Came home. I played video games for, like, an hour. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing sitting at home? I'm going to go to the antique store by myself. So I walk out to the truck, fire up the truck. Somehow I <laughs> I drove. I, I started driving. And I was like, you know what? I think I'll, I, instead of the antique store, I'm going to go to the movies. Because I got that AMC StubHub member. And I, I get to watch a movie for free, you know? So I'm going to go watch a movie. So that's 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 what that that's what led to my decision to go go see a movie is the anxiety and the 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 mental health breakdown that we had in the car on the way just to the antique store. I I guess I can give that a pass, but <laughs> you know, ironically, like I told you, I was watching that uh, the Book of Saul with Chris Rock, and I just as soon as I saw that post, I just. Every time Chris Rock's face popped up on the movies, I imagined you and I was Will Smith. Why <laughs> you just smacked the shit out <laughs> of me? Just walked up and be like, "Oh, so he thinks that he can watch this movie without me?" Smack, smack, smack. Damn. Keep Morbius's name out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it, it, if it if it means anything to you, uh, I would give the movie a low B. I see it wasn't that great. And after I saw your post, it was like literally like it like fall. You know how like when you look something up, boom, you go to, you know, you Google something on your phone or whatever. You go to Instagram, boom, it's there. Facebook, yeah. boom, yeah. it's there, whatever. It was kind of like the same thing. After I saw you watch the movie, that's when all like the reviews were coming out. And I saw a TikTok of some dude. He was like, oh, this is my reaction going into the movies. Right. And then he did one coming back. He's like. That movie fucking sucked. Absolutely. It was not what it was made out to be. Yeah. Um it it it, it was it was it was disappointing, you know. It, it it was almost like uh the Justice Justice League movies with uh with uh Ben Affleck. The, like the Zack Snyder one, like, the uncut one. Yeah, like you, you are like hoping that it's going to be better than the the original Justice League one, and it it, it it was better, but it wasn't good. I thought like the first one was okay, and then when the other director took over, it was okay. But once that uncut one came out, the like what it was like three and a half hour, like some ridiculously long Is, movie. Are you talking about this Zack Snyder one, the uncut one? The one when he came back, because you know he didn't direct it because his right. daughter committed suicide, but he came back and redid the movie, and uh-huh. it had like a whole other storyline, and I liked how it. Okay, I, 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 maybe I haven't given the uncut one a uh, a uh, a watch yet because of the other two, but I, I I'm kind of over DC right now until. Until that Joker with uh, what's his name Joaquin Phoenix came out, that was that was pretty good. But uh, nonetheless, uh, this is about Morbius. It it wasn't that great. Well, that's that's good to know that I didn't waste my time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, waste your time, waste your money. I was definitely 
a little salty about it. But uh, going back to your story, early on in your story, you said uh, Ashley went through kind of an episode of an anxiety. Yeah. And uh, I was scrolling through Facebook after I saw your story, seen the movie without <laughs> me. But uh, I came across one of my friend's posts who recently got out of the military. You, right. you know, and you, Ashley, myself, we're all prior service military. We see different things and whatnot. But we all know mental health is kind of a big issue, a big, big topic of discussion because the people who are there firsthand who are going through things and experiencing things and looking for the help aren't necessarily getting it or they're being shunned or they're even having some people in their chain of command antagonizing their issues and not, right. you know, giving them the help or navigating because one of the things that the military, you know, preaches early on, at least as you're, as you're coming in is like, Hey, we're here for family. If you need time off, you can get time off. If you need, you know, to go to the doctors or need to go to sick call or things like that, all those things are said, mm -hmm. but when it comes, you know, push come to performing. pull, exactly. It, it's not, and it's frowned upon. It's like, Oh, well now so-and-so is, is going to sit call or on these meds or yeah. needs. And, and now they're, yeah. Sick, sick call is a big part of it because even, even just trying to leave your, your, uh, regular duties and go into sick, sick call, you're already frowned upon by your, by your upper chain. Like, why are you going to sick call? I would understand like if I'm at sick call all the damn time, mm -hmm. but if I, if I need to go sick call, that that that's what sick call is there for, you know. It's there for me if I'm sick. It's supposed to be. Right. That's the you know ideal, but uh, like mental health is really a big thing. You mm -hmm. know, I have my levels of anxiety. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Your story, Ashley, obviously does, but uh, people outside of the military don't really realize the extent that it reaches because it may not yeah. be a hundred percent obvious. Mm -hmm. It may be in certain situations. And in that yeah, situation, it's not a surface injury. Yeah. It's, it's deep within you. And so uh, my friend, she posted when people ask why I got out, the only answer I really give them is my mental health is more important than a paycheck as it should be. And the story that she was, uh, responding to and that she shared was that uh, 20 years to retire that most think it's quick and easy two phases that really upset me or two i'm sorry two phrases that really upset me are just stick it out you only have x amount of years left or it's worth it for retirement just stick it out for your retirement get your retirement check right you know what's crazy is my dad said something almost exactly like that to me when I told him that I was getting out. He told me, oh, is it really that hard where you're getting out, you know, or why don't you just stay in and, and do like your brother's doing until retirement? But pe people don't know what it is that you actually deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's not only that, it's people come from all walks of life in the military. The military right. is obviously one of the most diverse work environments that you could ever be in. People are raised differently. People have different mannerisms. People have, you know, different things that they think is okay 
and somebody else may think it's not okay. And this is the same thing. Some people have different levels of stress that mm -hmm. they can tolerate. Some people have a higher capacity than others. Some people can manage stress well than others. But you as a service member are signing up to serve your country, dedicate your time, mm -hmm. your effort, you know, your personal lives, everything to serving your country. Right. The least you can do is as somebody in a position of authority a chief or you know a master sergeant or whatever the yeah, case LPO, may be lpo fly po talk to your people make sure they're okay don't shun them because how many times have we seen somebody go to sick call yeah to say hey i need help i need to talk to somebody and the second they talk to somebody they either lose their position yeah they get shunned they get put in the doghouse because, right. oh, well, so-and-so's on this medication or so-and-so is going through this. Or yeah. or it, it may even be a joke to them. Yeah. Or or it's uh, it, it, it risks your EP eval. Risks your, your EP eval. And the sad part is you're still doing what you need to do to the best of your ability that right. you can. I'm just now doing it with a mental health issue. With a mental health issue. But the chain of command ain't seeing that. All the chain of command is like, oh, He's, he's, yeah. he's done. He's, he's skating off. He's skating off. He's, he's, he's done. He, he can't, I put him in a position and he can't handle it. Right. Or now, she, I'm now sorry. Let's, uh, let's play devil's advocate here though. Uh, I'm a chief, you know, I've been around for 12 years. Uh, usually enlistments are four years, you know, so you do four years, you sign up for another four years and you sign up for another right. four years. So I've done three enlistments already. I've gone through 12 years worth of sailors and every single year it's the same issue. What if, what if people just use that mental health stigma as a way of not doing their job? I think if you're in that position and you know, you kind of see the same, you, you learn how to weed out the people who are, what's the, uh, what's the term? Um, starts with the M. No, malingering, malingering, there malingering. You go. Yeah, you know people who are malingering who are not necessarily doing it the right way. That they're right. like you said, they're uh, using the system. But at the same notion, you have to at least make initial contact. Yeah, you have to talk to that sailor or you know soldier or whatever that service member. Yeah. On a 100% real level, you have to get to know them, get to understand them. And with that, you want to play devil's advocate with that. I know countless first classes and chiefs that don't even take that time. Yeah. They, they, they're in a position and they want things done how they want. And that's it. They don't take the time out to talk to their sailors and yeah. be real. with But, and how many of those same first classes and LPOs are at muster on a Friday? Hey, talk to your junior sailors, make sure they're yeah. okay. Yeah. Make sure they have a plan. Make sure they don't, you know, yeah, call see, us, see call something, us, say something, see something, say something. Hey, you can call me at any time of the day. Yeah, if you need night. me to come pick you up, I will come pick you up. But let let's be yeah. real. That's the same person that you know you happen to walk in the office and they're talking shit about yeah. that same sailor. Oh well, 
Airman Schmuckatelli is at another appointment. Yeah. He's at another appointment and you know, he's not yeah. doing what he's supposed to do. Well, shut him to another division. And yeah, they they send him TAD, they send him so it's not their problem anymore. Right. Like that's not how things are supposed to handle. Like you're supposed to talk to those guys, you're supposed to be real with them and help them to the best of your ability so they are capable and can they're capable to do the job that you want yeah. them to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it, it, it's uh sometimes even as a junior sailor, even checking up on your first classes and and asking just how their mental health is, sometimes that alone is is it helps open the higher up's eyes like, "Oh man, this guy's checking on me." Like Am I okay? Yeah, 100% goes both ways. 100%, it definitely goes both ways. But, you know, a lot of, like you said, you know, you you play devil's advocate. You were a chief for 12 years or whatever the case may be. You've been around the block a couple times. Mm -hmm. It's your turn to go. You were in that position where, you know, this is my first time away from home. This is my first time. These were my thoughts. Yeah. So let me go make sure, take a extra time to walk my work centers and, mm-hmm. you know, really talk to these sailors. And a lot of the time too, excuse me, a lot of the time those situations happen in the most laid back environments. And yeah. when I say laid back environments, I mean things that aren't really pressing, like the yards. Yeah. The ship goes into the yards for... 18 months to get overhauled or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little stressful environment because you have to, you know, send people to teams. You got to redo right. the decks and basically gut the ship, rebuild it, wherever the case right. may be. There's pressure. There's pressure, but you're not launching and recovering aircrafts to go combat or send There's pressure, air but no danger. Type yeah. Of deal. Yeah. So you're in the yards where you can go home every day. Yeah. And, those are the times that it seems certain. I'm not going to say all khakis are like this or all first classes are like that because you have your onesie twosies in there. But for the most part, it seems like a re when we were on the Lincoln. Yeah. We had chiefs and khakis like that. The TR we had chiefs and khakis like that, where it's like they use that opportunity to just make things bigger than what they need to be. Or they drive people harder than they absolutely have to because Oh, you didn't strip and wax the deck today? You're not going home. Yeah. Chief, it's 1600 I don't give a shit. You're not going home till this is done. Well, why didn't you tell me that? 8 o'clock this morning. 8 o'clock this morning. At muster. At muster. <laughs> when you put out the plan of the day, we executed the right. plan of the day, and now all of a sudden, this deck needs to be stripped and waxed? All right. Like, what's so hard about being, all right, guys, hey, tomorrow... This is the first thing that needs to be done. It's usually the Chiefs on duty too. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> if there's if it's their duty day, they don't give a bro. shit. They're like, "Well, I'm going to be here, so I'm going to keep these motherfuckers yeah. here." Yeah. Salty it, ass motherfuckers. And it shouldn't be like that. It's like and with the TR, the TR is in Bremerton right now in the yards. We just did back to back deployments, not just normal deployments. COVID deployment was. We called it the Corona cruise yeah, yeah. in 2019 to 2020. Uh-huh. And that was, a, you know, a first time 
experience. That know? was a first time experience for the whole world. For the whole world, let right? alone a, a let alone Navy the first aircraft naval carrier. aircraft carrier to have over. I think it was like fifteen hundred people test positive. Wow! And we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, we had a captain that tried to do any and everything to get us situated, and, and, and still got kicked off. And, you know, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to say what happened because I don't know 100% what happened. But whatever he did and however it transpired, it lit a fire under the Navy's ass to put us and quarantine us properly. Because right when I, when I first got off the ship, I was in a gym with like 100 and maybe 75, almost 200 people sleeping in cots less than four feet next to me. Yeah. All the way around. And they came and tested us, and like half those people tested positive. What would they do with the positive people, and what would they do with the negative? So they kept the negative. At first, nothing happened. And then when they got the results, they would take the positive people and send them to another location. But at the end of the day, at that point in time, yeah, uh, COVID protocol was you know to be quarantined mm-hmm. on your own, essentially. Right. And that was definitely not happening. And that would leave uh, the people that didn't test positive uh, responsible for everybody else's tasks, right, to, to, to clean up the ship. with. And, and there was a standby team. There was a standby cleanup crew that stayed behind on the ship. And their whole mission for the entire time the majority of the ship was quarantined mm. was to disinfect, bleach, literally the entire ship. Yeah. But... Uh, Talk about what 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 that does to your mental health, man. Right, we had we had a chief who Not passed. Knowing what's going on, we had a chief who ultimately passed away from COVID. One mm. of the first victims for us, and it was like there was so many different things. And think about the anxiety that people were going through sitting in a hotel room for yeah twenty thirty plus days. I think I was in a hotel room. For like 28 or 29 days or something like that. Man. We, you can't leave. They drop your food off at the door. They knock. You get your food. And obviously the food ain't the best. Yeah. And it, it, that little things like that take a toll on people differently. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what we were just talking about, about, you know, being in kind of a stressful situation, but the chain of command being able to realize like, Hey, this is something that y'all can take care of tomorrow. Yeah. Just add it to a list. Yeah. Just add. He could chiefs who who walk around and saying, Hey, strip this deck at 1600. Uh, could easily have been, you know what? I think tomorrow for their daily task, I'm going to have them strip and wax this floor or my duty section is going to strip and wax this, wax this floor. Yep. But you have those, handful of first classes and khakis that like to flex and you know a, a, a lot of people say they're like oh well they don't like their family so they're staying here <laughs> you know that's one of the yeah what do you call like stereotypes or yeah whatever but misconceptions yeah but at, at that same notion like you said that junior sailor can be like hey chief are you good yeah is everything all right mm-hmm and hopefully it'll be like, you know what, it's I'm really not okay, and I'm taking it all on you guys, and that's not right. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. Give them a chance to stand back. That doesn't happen because it, accountability. Yeah. 
And a lot of this mental health stuff can play into the to- token of, uh, of, man, fuck this place. I'm going to do my four years and get the hell out of here. And then what happens when you make that decision? <laughs> you get shunned. You get shunned. Yeah. Instead of the Chiefs or first classes or LPOs or Alpos or fly POs or your work center supervisors being like, oh, you're getting out? Okay, so what's your plan? Helping yeah. you navigate your way out so it's not like the door's closed, you're done, you're on your own. Yeah. It's like we'll send you to another division to fi- finish your enlistment. If they don't <laughs> like you, 100% that happens. That's, that's exactly what happened to me. They send you to what, laundry, they, uh, hazmat? They sent me to hazmat. When I told them I didn't want to be in the military, or uh, be, uh, well, first I told them I didn't want to be an AVH. I wanted to be a, ma- a master at arms. So they sent me to security. After security, I went back to uh, the flight deck, and they they're like, you know, what's your plan? You know, you've been uh, you've been in E three for you know two and a half years now, th- almost three years. What's your plan? Oh, I plan on getting out. Oh, you're planning on getting out? Well, th- after that, they sent me to hazmat, and for a year and a half, I was in hazmat. And if you were forgotten about. Yeah, just shunned off. Nobody there to... I, I literally completed my enlistment in Hazmat. In Hazmat, though, uh, there was LSs, <coughs> and they did tell me. They did try to convince me. Uh, one of the chiefs, senior, uh, Chief Hernandez, he ended up becoming a senior chief, I believe, but he also got out. Um, he ended up telling me, you know, Cuellar, if you, uh, if you cross-rate and become an LS right now... Uh, advancement to to uh, LS3 is like open I would have became a, a, a LS3 immediately you know but I was like no you know I'm, my decision's made I'm going to I'm going to finish my enlistment here in Hazmat and I'm I'm getting out and you got out in what no sense of direction yeah there there was nothing I mean, you do taps class you do do TAPS class, and, you know, they don't give you all the information, and TAPS class is super boring, and they make it super dry and, and to where it's hard to pay attention, and maybe I would have paid more attention if it was more useful to me, but it, it really wasn't. Uh, but when I got out, you know, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I got out. I had... Uh, a kid, a kid on the way. Uh, so I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my GI Bill. Try to use my GI Bill on on multiple occasions, but a lot of people when they get out, they 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 don't really tell them how to use their GI Bill right away. They tell them, they they don't they don't even show you like it, like step you through it like this is how you use it. I had to find out like oh I have to go down to the. Uh, veterans office at the college just to use it you know i used to think that you'd have to go through your chain of command to use it but it wasn't that way and that's that's the shitty thing it's like like you said you get shunned the second you say i need help you're not giving me help why am i going to be here i want to get out and then that's it there's no sense of direction there's no guidance because these first classes in chief that have been in for yeah 12 13 14 years they're they're military, they're they're yeah. navy, they're whatever, 
that's that's their mentality. They know they're going to retire. They're mm. already at that position. And that's the crazy thing is like you get to a certain point, you're a chief at 15, 16 years, you're set. Yeah. And, you know, the chiefs, the second they make it, what's the f- one of the first things they always say? Oh, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, junior sailors. You guys got me here. Yeah. Your hard work, your dedication, your all this. Mm. But it's not being reciprocated. It's not being given yeah. back. You're not showing them. You're just telling them. Yeah, actions speak louder than words, bro. You're set. You're you're done. You're you're good to go. Like you're on your way to your retirement. Yeah. So at that position, you should be like, all right, what can I do for my junior sailors? What? How mm. can I help them? to the best of their ability so they can be successful, not even, not just professionally, but personally. And it doesn't happen as often as it should. You do get those chiefs mm-hmm. and senior chiefs and master chiefs and officers that are 100% dedicated because I've definitely have my fair share of first classes and chiefs that I go to for everything. Even yeah. after I left my chain of, com- after I left the Lincoln, went to San Clemente Island, I still had khakis and first classes that I would call from the Lincoln being like, Hey, I need your help. Can you help me with this? Or I would just talk yeah. to him about, you know, whatever was going on at that point in time. But it's that margin is so slim and it's, it's not where it should be. It's not. And then you have people who are struggling all the way up the chain of command. Like you said, people who are struggling and, Nobody is doing what they should be at their position. Right. I mean, and nobody really does anything after that position, too, because of now Now I'm getting out. And, uh, you know, I have uh, you have the VA to help you. But getting into the VA is like pulling teeth. You know, I, I, I got out in February, made an appointment to, for the VA. The VA, the soonest appointment for me getting out in February was like June. And this is in the L.A. area. So uh, by the time I actually got to see somebody, uh, I didn't know what to do anymore. You know, now I'm standing in front of a doctor and she's asking me, you know, what's wrong with you? Oh, I I don't know how to answer that question. You know, I don't uh, I'm ill prepared. (laughs) You know, what what do I say? And you know where that stems from? That stems from early in your career when you as a junior sailor or junior soldier or whatever yeah. the case, all the branches across the board. And this is my honest opinion is that you're like, I don't, I want to do my job to the best of my ability, obviously. Yeah. And you're kind of instilled that I don't need to go to medical. Oh, my arm hurts. I'll yeah. just push through it. Yeah. Oh, my, that's I exactly rolled what my I ankle. I'll, I'll push through it. It'll be all right. It'll yeah. be all right. But I've had several, my dad included, several veterans, people who have, you know, you need to get this documented. Yeah. Fuck what they say. You need to go down a sick call for this. Go down I, a sick I've call for never, I never knew that the whole time that I was in the service. And I have, I've, I've hurt my hip. I've hurt my back. I've hurt my shoulder in the military. Never, I just sucked it up and went back to work. Never went to medical. And, and now that I'm out and I, I've tried to claim all this stuff, they're like, well, where's your proof? Like, and fuck, I have no proof, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, sorry. Yeah, so if there's one thing initially to put out, for sure, document everything. If your tooth hurts, if Even you if you headache, have a mental health breakdown, <laughs> go go talk to somebody, because you know what? 
at, at the end, while you're in the VA, uh, you know, you can claim that, you know, I had a mental health breakdown. I had anxiety. I had this, I had PTSD. You can claim. But with that being said too, don't stop at the first person. So <clears throat> on my deployment, I was struggling yeah. with, uh, you know, mental health. And I was trying to figure out what I was doing. I was trying to navigate the issues that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I went and I sat with one of the chaplains. Yeah. And we probably sat and talked for maybe an hour. And at the end of the conversation, the chaplain looked at me and he's like, do you think that your problems are because of you? Like, do you think that the things that you're going through are what you did? And I was like, I was kind of taken back. I was like, I'm sure that it may stem from me mm-hmm. or like a decision that I made thinking it was the right decision and it was the wrong decision. But yeah, it, it was like he was kind of putting the blame on me and it was like, well, you need to deal with yeah. it and, and figure it out and basically conform and, you know, get your shit together and do whatever the chain of command is trying to tell you to what do. Or, dick. So don't, don't stop at one person. Like if you got to chase this, go to an outside source, go talk to another chaplain or go confide mm-hmm. in another chief or something. But don't stop there because there are khakis out there that, and I know personally that won't give two shits about you. Yeah. You're sitting there, like I said. I I know you can make an appointment. You can have your 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 medication. You're telling what you're going through on a day to day basis. You're you're keeping that open line of uh, communication open with your chain of command, and they're just completely disregarding you. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're sitting somewhere lost. Yeah. And that and that's the shitty thing. It's like that margin of where you're supposed to be at as far as help in your chain of command from the people who've pretty much made it already, mm-hmm. but they, I don't know if they choose to make it harder or if they are just, they're brainwashed themselves and what they've experienced or the way they were raised in the military. But you got to think like, I don't want to take away from, you know, you or, you know, other people in the Navy per se, cause we're right. speaking on our experiences, but think about the soldiers who some kid, 17 18 years old i want to join the army i want to join the marines and their first tours in kuwait or in afghanistan and their boots on ground and say they did eight nine months mm-hmm. seeing people get shot and people get killed and this that and the next and all right get ready you're about to go again oh like there's no yeah, you didn't have time to digest didn't have time to digest, didn't have time to process what was going on around you. Mm. And then again, I'm, they offer help. They say, hey, go talk to this person or go talk to this person. But the second you talk to those people, it's like they don't even have to know what you talked about it. They're like, oh, fucking soldier Smuckatelli or whoever. Yeah. Uh, he he went to the psych boss. Yeah. Oh, he's 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 no good to us. Yeah, you think uh, that it, <coughs> talking about uh, you know th- lists of th- the upper chain of command, what they have to do. You think that 
you know, they have this list. There's five items on this list. Uh, you know, three of the items they can do with these. That fourth item, they really need all hands on deck, and then bam, this airman schmuckatelli is now always in medical, and maybe that's that. You know that 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 burden is now on their shoulders, and they don't know how to deal with it, so they just shun them. You know, let's get them out of here, replace them. I think they need to do their due diligence. We had I uh, had a air bosun. Uh, who said, uh, have intrusive leadership. Yeah. Intrusive leadership. Yeah. Talk to your people. Yeah. Really get into their head. Really get in their head. Talk to them how about their day going. Get to know their, you know, about them, about how their, their family, doing. everything, their kid, what's going on with their kid. Mm-hmm. This is that and the next, like whatever the case may be. Like me, when I was on the Lincoln, I had Braylon. Right. Braylon has PFFD, proximal focal femoral dysplasia. Mm-hmm. He was born with a short femur. When he was one, he had his foot amputated. Our uh, uh, commander Baptiste at the time, uh, Lieutenant Commander Baptiste at the time, now Commander Baptiste, he and Willie D sat with me and we literally went through every instruction that the Navy had in order for me to be there for his surgery without using leave days or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, there's no convalescent leave for for the dad. Okay. Because me and Braylon's mom were dual military. Mm -hmm. So the mom automatically gets uh, gets dependent of him and, and everything like that. So there was no convalescently for me like i couldn't just use convalescently like she i had to burn all through my days but they sat down with me Mm -hmm. and like literally scoured everything they were about to they were gonna get me tad orders i think to fort bragg or something because the children's we were in virginia Mm -hmm. and he was at the children's shriners hospital in south carolina right so they were gonna send me tad to fort bragg where i had to check in once a week and and that would count as time yeah so they were in there all in all in but the tr stopped them. was not like that like they oh, knew okay. what was going on they That's knew that right. you know braylon had his issues in mm-hmm. 2018 i think march of 2018 march april yeah march 2018 he had hip reconstructive surgery right and i had to again use my leave days for that there was no Hey, how's your son doing? Da, yeah. da, this that, and the next, and that's what I mean by intrusive leadership. Knowing what's going on mm-hmm. with your junior sailors, we had a kid who was. But not to cut you off, but yeah. I mean, when you go to them with that information, and you you tell them that information, it, is it like you're dropping a bomb on them and saying, "Hey, I know you guys don't know my, uh, you know, my personal life, but this is my story." And now, at this very moment, I need to leave because my son's having hip reconstruction surgery. Or is it like you develop a relationship with, like, a first class or a chief, you tell them a little bit of the story, you know, and then you tell somebody else a little bit of the story, and then it's somebody else a little bit of the story, and then everybody has this little bits and pieces of the story. So finally, when you drop this bomb, they understand. So I think with with that, that's where the chain of command comes into play, right? Yeah. You have your direct work center supervisor. Right. Then you have your, you know, 
on the flight deck, you have your deck PO right. and the Alpo, LPO, flight deck chief, all the way up, right? Right. So in those situations, not just me, but in all kinds of situations, if your junior sailor has something going on, they're trained to say, use your chain of command. Hey, ABH1, I have this going on. I have this appointment. All right, cool. Let me fleet it up. Yeah. And it should it shouldn't take depending on the severity of it, I guess. Yeah. But it, it if I say, hey, ABH1, I got a doctor's appointment on Tuesday. It should be okay. Write a request it. Yeah. I'll fleet it up. Right. The chain of command talks to the work center suit, the first class ABH1, or you know whoever you're depending on what branch you are, whoever your work center supervisor is, that's where that communication comes to, where it comes like, hey, I let them know, you're good to go. Yeah. Or it could be like one of those situations. A lot of the times, uh, I fully believe in it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So if something emergency happens where it's like, yeah. hey, ABH1, my fucking house just flooded. I need to go. Hey, go take care of your shit. I got you. Yeah. But that doesn't happen really either. Or what happens in that too is they say they got you and the story gets twisted. So you come back to work the next day and it's like, where the fuck were you? Yeah. Why did you just leave? Yeah. Well, I talked to AB. Well, they didn't say anything to me. Yeah. So it's like there's so many variables of how things get fucked up. Yeah. And, and, and it's shitty. But in my situation... You know, I don't tell everybody in the world what's going on. I If I have something going on, I fleet it up. I talk yeah. to my work center supervisor in hopes that it goes through the chain of command properly. And he comes back. He's like, hey, you're good to go. Yeah, I, I, they know what's going on. Go and take care of your shit. Yeah. But that's just one level. And you got to think of the stress and the anxiety that I have going on. Like, yeah. And, Everybody and goes through things differently. With nobody helping you, uh, and you were 12 years deep, with nobody helping you, that leaves you the decision, am I going to relist? Or am I going to continue this? But or, or I'm going to get out. My decision didn't even come from a personal aspect. It came from a professional aspect. It came from... I, I was saying, like, it, it, you know, in, in, in retrospect, like in, in the bigger picture... Uh, certain situations like that where oh. they don't get involved is the determining factor. You're 12 years deep. You're more than halfway to your retirement. You know, they should have done their due diligence to help you, and you would have made that decision to continue until retirement, to continue and working for the Navy. Yeah, and it, like I said, it, it wasn't even a, a personal aspect. It was a professional aspect. Mine came from me trying to do my job to the best of my ability, and one person didn't see it that way. Yeah. But to me, like I said, once you're in a chief position, mm -hmm. set, you're set for retirement. You're on cruise control basically after that. Mm -hmm. It should be, all right, let's put him here. He needs to do this, or let's set him up for success. Like, set my guys yeah. up for success. He's fucking up. Let's go pick his brain, see what's wrong with him. Yeah, and and – it was, for me, it was, like, almost a threat. Like, I wasn't here to take anybody's job. I wasn't here. I just want to keep progressing and yeah, moving forward do and do better. 
and he didn't want to help me. It was like, if things weren't done, I wasn't conforming to his way, but a lot of his way wasn't the right way. Yeah. And it, it just turned me off because in every scenario that you can think of, it was just the wrong way. And I saw him handle or them handle situations and I I just didn't like it. I don't like the way the the military, the navy was going with certain people. I I I have good friends that suffered from, you know, issues that turned into anxiety, turned into depression, turned yeah. into, you know, suicidal thoughts or, you know, they would yeah, go as did I. and like, what do you do? And then those people get out or on the verge of getting out. And, and they're just as lost. And just as lost with yeah. no guidance. Yeah, now now they don't have a, a job where they have a for sure paycheck. Now they have to go to a nine to five where they have the potential of getting fired. Uh, and it for, turns into a whole nother stress. Yeah. And you would think in the military, it's like you're secured. Everybody knows you get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Right. Everybody knows that you you got health benefits. You can this, you get that. But no, oh, nobody asked the questions. And in that same post, it's like uh, they, it tells, uh, she said, do you check on your military counterparts? Take care of one another. Sometimes drop the supervisor or leadership role and just be a friend. Yeah. Be involved and stay engaged with everyone. Let's be proactive instead of reactive as leaders and start getting to know one another. Yeah, that that's that's a real real tough one because uh while I was in the military, I had a friend. Uh we'll call him friend because that's the name that he liked to call everybody else, friend. So uh this friend when I got out I didn't realize the bond that I would make with him. While I was in, we would go over to his house, play Mortal Kombat, would play <coughs> uh, Halo and just small games like that. And uh, when when we got out, we, we lived in the same area. He lived in Chico, California. I lived in Long Beach, California. <clears throat> Point of the story is I worked at SpaceX, and every morning I would have to drive – to SpaceX, it'd take me like an hour and a half to get there and then an hour and a half home. But he knew what time I got off work. He would call me every single day. And we'd talk for the whole hour and a half all the way home. Uh, we would talk about, you know, our divorces. We'd talk about him wanting to start his own, <coughs> uh, you know, uh car detailing company we'd talk about his his car he he would love dodge ch chargers you know he he wanted to start his own detailing company with uh chemical guys you know chemical guys mm -mm. well they they're uh de car detailing uh like almost like mothers you know like mothers car wax oh yeah, yeah anyway um we talk about Seventh Well. We talk about his dog. We talk about everything on the way home. You know, we talk about he had Crohn's disease. We talk about his Crohn's disease, and uh, every day. And this happened for two and a half years while I worked at SpaceX, until one day those phone calls stopped. And uh, the friend that I had that would call me every single day 
stop calling. He ended up committing suicide because of his divorce and his disease and his mental health went down, you know? And uh, really got me thinking. I could have taken it both one of two ways. I could have taken it in a bad way. <coughs> Excuse me. Or I could have taken it in a positive way. So I took it in a positive way, and I became that friend. I was the one that would call everybody, check on everybody. Uh, I would call, you know, Maroshnik. I'd call uh, Graciano, Davis, you. Uh, that's what helped you and I kind of rekindle our, our friendship. Absolutely. And just being that friend to reach out to all your other friends was like something that I wanted to do, you know, which brought up this podcast, which is where this podcast came from. And in that same conversation, the same, uh, the same posts, they talk about that 22 day challenge where you do 22 pushups in awareness for military suicide. Yeah. But he goes, he takes it a step further and he says, what are you doing to follow that up? Yeah. People post them doing, you know, 22 yeah. pushups. And what does what what, what what doing 22 pushups do to, for me? And it stops. That's where it stops. So yeah. he, he took it a step further and said, where is it going from there? Yeah, you're posting the 22-day challenge. Yeah. Have you reached 22 friends? Yeah. Have you reached out? Have you reached out? Not even 22. Have you reached out to one person? Yeah. The one difference that it makes. And one thing about the military is that they give you the best of friends, and you'll be best friends for a, an enlistment or a term or PCS, you yeah. know, changing duty sections. Or in some, some, Sorry, some situations forever. <laughs> forever, yeah. But you become best friends with somebody – and that's it. They they transfer and you never reach out again. Yeah. But if you're best friends, you know their mannerisms. You're I'm sure you're following on Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. and Snapchat and all that yeah. stuff. When was the last time you reached out to that person? Yeah. Say hey, how are you doing? I had a, a one of my best friends now who I was on a 30 day underway with the Vincent mm -hmm. and. We best friends, we were spades partners. We did, you know, went to chow together. We yeah. worked the same rotation on the flight deck. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, still talk to him every day or not every day, maybe like, you know, once every two weeks or something, but we yeah, still, but that's, that's still a consistent basis. Yeah. And those are the people that you're doing your, supposedly doing your 22 day challenge to raise awareness. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm challenging you. Reach out to that person. Reach yeah. out to somebody just to see how they're doing, especially the people who are out of the military. What's even crazier is, uh, you know, these people that I have reached out to or do reach out to, uh, they don't reciprocate, you know? They don't, they don't ever think about it like, oh, this person reaches out to me. Um, maybe I should reach out to him, you know? None of them, none of them ever think like that, you know? Because no, there's, there's times where... Sometimes I need it, you know, like maybe the devil gets me, gets to me that day, you know, and, uh, none of these, none of, none of them, you know, reach out like I reach out. 
And that's, you know, the message to get across that, you know, that person that, you know, you're driving down the street and you're like, oh, I remember when me and Troy were walking across the flight deck the first day I met him and he said he would jump into the ocean and save me. You know, let me call him and see how he's doing. Yeah. Let me, let me see what's going on. You yeah. know, that the second a thought pops into your head, call reach him. out to that person. That is a sign. Take it as a sign. Take it as, oh, yeah. you know what? I'm thinking of that person. Let me reach out to them real quick. I see their posts every day. I see, I you know, there's plenty of people, myself included, who will scroll, yeah. won't like anything, just scroll, and you see their posts. Oh, they just had a kid, or mm-hmm. their kid is going through something, or, you know, they're going through something, or, you know, yeah. something small like, oh, I ran out of gas. Oh, hey, man, you good? I saw you ran out of gas. Everything okay? Yeah. And then who knows where that conversation goes? Yeah, you, you you need you need a little jingle in your pocket. You need help. Something. Yeah. You know, and 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 in the military, I feel like it's starts from the top. Yeah. Top down. You know what I mean? Because in the military, you're 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 instilled. You learn lessons all the way from boot camp. You're, you know, you you learn to uh, blouse your boots above the third eyelid. You know that you're sleeve can't be rolled up three fingers lengths Mm -hmm. things like that if you're instilled if your junior sailors see you checking on people you're gonna check on people yeah because once you get to that position it's like you know coming up in the ranks me especially like i made it to e5 and i knew from different people that i seen it was oh i want to be a first class just like that dude or no i don't want to be a first class like he sucks yeah but either way you're learning something from them Mm -hmm. you learn and you make it your own but i feel like checking in is a very important thing and the military don't don't do that as well as it's it's uh project not projected but it's uh portrayed yeah and both personal, family-wise, you know, they, they, I had a chief, when I transferred to San Clemente Island, I had a chief who was my detailer. He was the one in charge of giving me my orders where I was going next. Yeah. I told him what was going on with my son, told him the situation, and the dude literally told me on the phone, your family doesn't come in a sea bag, and hung up on me. Wow. No way. Yeah. So it's like, it's little things like that. Luckily, I had a good-ass Master Chief, Master Chief Bartonowitz. Shout out to him. He's the ABE looking out for an ABH. And this dude did everything under the sun to, I mean, I I eventually got the orders that I was given, but he made it work for me. Yeah. He made the necessary phone calls, and those are the khakis that you remember that you look to or whatever, but... More often than not, these the chain of command makes it super hard, super hard for you, and it 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 sucks because the people they want working for them, or the people that they want, you know, to make the chain of command or the the division run, or you know that unit run or that squadron run or whatever, they're the ones suffering. They're the ones that are struggling, and those are your people that you need to look out for. Yeah, no doubt. 
But it, it's sad because you have really good friends. You have really good uh, leadership and chain of command or people, I'm sorry, the people in your chain of command that need it and you see it and you see so much potential in them and it gets snatched real quick because they're not getting the help that they need. You have good people, even people who check on you during deployment while you're peer side at home. Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing good? You need anything? Yeah. Just like you said, the, those first classes and second classes and chiefs right. that need to be checked on, those are the people that are doing what they need to do, but they're struggling themselves. They're the ones going through it themselves. And the people that need to be that need to stay in the Navy and be kept in the Navy or in the military across the board are the ones that aren't being focused on. I got a post that I read the other day. We'll post this on our Instagram of a chief kind of reiterating what it is that we've discussed in our podcast today. We got to do better. I just had a reporting career development board with a very good sailor, an E5. He told me he has aspirations of being an officer. As I always do, I ask with, so you don't want to be a chief? Without missing a beat, this young man said, I absolutely do not want to be a chief. I asked him why, and he responded, the response I got is attached. He's telling all the chiefs, every chief reading this should take this to heart. I truly believe this sailor represents a large portion of our enlisted force. Somewhere along the way, we have stopped inspiring these people, these men and women. We have to regain what we lost. We have to earn their trust by earning their respect. So with that being said, he That's understands. He, he knows what's going on. He knows that there's some level of the junior sailors aren't, aren't, aren't clicking. They're not on board with what their chain of command has to do with. Yeah, not they, on. they don't like the enlisted aspect of the military. They don't. So he goes on to say, every time we have an opportunity to influence or help or motivate a sailor, we have to take advantage of it. There are no wasted or throwaway conversations. But what do we just say? How many times do you get the second somebody tells you they're getting out of the military? They get shunned. They get shunned. They, they no longer, or not even just out of the military. If you tell them, I don't want to be an ABH anymore. Yeah, you still get shunned. Get shunned. Hey, I want to do a special programs. Hey, I want to go to school. Hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Oh, well, there's some excuse. They, yeah. they, they either shun you or they... Good, good, good luck. They come up with some excuse. Oh, good luck finding a job right now. Good luck. There's, there's no jobs out there right now. But he goes on to say, we have got to consider why a sailor would say that. And then we've got to get down to business of being good chiefs. Absolutely. We have to be their advocates. The people, they can't stand the thought of disappointing. I... Up up until a handful of chiefs, like I could care less who I disappointed. If they didn't like what I did, all right. 
Yeah. There was only a, a handful of Chiefs where I was like, damn, I, I really yeah. don't want to fuck up. Mine was Chief Hernandez. I hope that statement from the sailor motivates the hell out of every Chief who sees this. I know it motivated me. I'm leaving this on my whiteboard until the day that Sailor comes back and tells me he's changed his mind. And what he put on his whiteboard <clears throat> was that he hopes that he changes his mind. So we'll go on to say that that is one good chief. That, that would have been a chief that I would have looked up to 100%. Absolutely. I, I don't know uh, the particular chief that I'm, I'm talking to and uh, talking about. Uh, and uh, I guess he's a senior chief now, but ABH2 uh, Witta was, yep. was, was, was like that as a second class. I can only imagine what he's like as a chief and senior chief. Witta was definitely one of those who put his junior sailors first. Absolutely. He definitely looked out for and as as a second class, mind you, as a second class, e five. He's he was just a fly peel, just as as an e five. And the crazy thing is, the Lincoln life is was way different in my experience as the tr life. Lincoln life, if you were in a position, you were a subject matter expert. You were put in a position yeah. to succeed. It didn't matter if you were an airman, second class, third class, first class. Hankin was a third class assistant fly PO. Yeah. On the TR, if you weren't a first class, he you was a anything. dick, but he knew his shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's how it be, uh, how it should be. But unfortunately, on Roosevelt, it wasn't like that. So that was kind of one of my things that rubbed me the wrong right wrong way and turned me off. But uh this chief goes on to say, one, I made this public because I want junior sailors to know we recognize a problem. And many of us are working to fix it. I see suicide numbers every day. And if making a Facebook post public leads to one chief being more approachable to one sailor and that prevents one tragedy, then that decision was valid. Absolutely. And yeah. it, it starts with one. Like we said, reach out to one person. Talk to one person. That one person, you saying, hey, you good? Yeah. They may say, yeah. They may say, oh, no, it's okay. But th in the back of their mind, they know somebody's thinking about them. Somebody yeah. knows that something's wrong. That means they're being noticed. And consistency. Yeah. If you say, hey, man, you good? How's your day? How's your yeah. weekend? Maybe the third time you ask them, they'll, they'll open actually up. open up. Open up. Two, more than a couple chiefs read this, and their reaction was to criticize the sailor. Exactly. You are the people I want to reach. That reaction is what we have to fix. Rather than immediately blast him for not wanting to be a chief, we should ask why. An EP sailor and blue jacket of the year has never met a chief he has aspired to emulate. <sighs> that staggered me, and I hope it makes our entire mess think. We are not perfect, but our sailors deserve a chief who tries to be. Like we said, the chief, you've made it. You're, you're over the hill. You're on cruise control. Yeah. Number three, why ask the question? At that point in the conversation, he had just said he wanted to go officer. My reaction 
to that is always the same and it's always lighthearted. But the question, especially during a CBD, is exploratory. He adamantly, his, I'm sorry, his adamant reaction stunned me to the point that I didn't even ask why or what he had, had happened to him to give him that perspective. I will, he and I will be talking much more. So intrusive leadership. Yeah. Following up. Yeah, he's going to follow up and he's going to talk to him more about why he doesn't want to actually be a chief instead uh, uh, why he wants to be an officer instead of a chief. So for those who don't know, a, a career development board happens typically once a year. Kind of follow up. Where you at your qualifications? Are you on track? Right. What are your goals? What are your aspirations? What warfare pins you need? Yeah. Or? So, you know, you have your initial, You what are your three goals, uh, professional, personal, things like that. Last thing he says, sailors who trust their chief and who believe we genuinely care for them will do amazing things to earn our respect and admiration. You care for them. You look after them. You do what they want. They will work hard for you. You care about them. You look after them. They will do everything you ask. They will perform beyond what they believe they are capable of when they have leaders who dedicate themselves to the craft of being a good chief and a good person. That's why we must do better. It is why we absolutely must earn the trust of our sailors. Chief, senior chief, master chief, Houlihan, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. You are absolutely one of the good ones. Cheers to you. Cheers. For all we know, he could have been like, you know, I wanted to be an officer uh, rather than a chief because, you know, officers get their own stateroom. Uh, they get better food. They get uh, liberty sooner. They get liberty more often. Uh, more often, I guess, is a, is a bad way of saying it. I guess uh, they get their full four days, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and we, I mean, we don't know. They get to stay off the boat as long as I don't know the reason want. he wanted to become an officer, but. The fact that this chief went out of his way to not only make this post acknowledging that there's an issue, right? acknowledging not just on his boat or in his command, mm -hmm. he wants this thing to go like Navy-wide. Yeah. He, he, wants, he wants every single chief listening to change the way mentality, they think. Yes. The way they think, the way they operate, the way they approach junior sailors, like, like he he knows, he realizes that there's an issue, mm -hmm. and it needs to be addressed, and he 100% went in and addressed it. Yeah, good for him. So I hope that he follows up. Yeah, because this post was from 2019. For the love of God, I hope he followed up. <laughs> and it, it's a post from 2019. But it stays true to today. Hey, here, here's a thought. Maybe, maybe reach out to him on whatever platform that you got this from, and hey, follow up on the story yourself. That, that's a good idea. I'm I'm gonna have to because had this been my chief, I'd still be in the navy right now. 100%. Yeah, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, because uh, even finding out who this uh um sailor was uh maybe, maybe he maybe he followed his dreams and became an officer or i mean this is two years ago hell maybe maybe he's a first class on his way to be a chief 
Maybe he's a chief select right now. And that's the chief he goes back to. Yeah. Advice. And yeah. Like I said, I I We'd, was doing the same thing. Or, or, heck, he got out. <laughs> or he got out and... We'll f- we'll find we'll we'll find out we'll yeah. follow up we'll, we'll follow we'll, up we're gonna have to we'll dig circle back this. yeah because this this goes back to the whole mental mindset you know your experience in the navy everybody says oh don't let your first ship be your experience and yeah. your first chain of command and this is that and the next but, but as shitty as the Lincoln we thought the Lincoln was I mean you hear you are. You know, we were on the Lincoln thinking how shitty this is. And then, uh, you know, we we leave, you leave the Lincoln and explore a new carrier and find out, fuck, the Lincoln was the shit. The Lincoln was... The stinking Lincoln was was the, the boat Black to be Pearl on. Was the was... The grass is, was not greener on the other side. Clearly. At all. If I would have stayed on the Lincoln... <laughs> Yeah, you'd be a chief warrant officer by now, or what? I, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be, but I'd still be in the navy for sure, hundred percent. Maybe a helicopter pilot? No, no <laughs> not for me. Not for me. But uh, yeah, man. Mental health in the military. It needs to be addressed in multiple ways. Yeah, and hearing people's stories uh, from all walks of life, from different uh, rates, ranks, uh, branches, uh, is something I strive to do. And reaching, not not just hearing their stories, uh, but being that outlet to reach out to them and, and talk to them when somebody else won't. Absolutely, and being here, and, you know, one of our goals is to be that outlet be that outreach, you know, have give a little sense of guidance to help out is is one of our main goals because we've all experienced it in some way, form or fashion, whether it's a lot, whether it's a little bit, it's the same across the board. No matter how small your problems are to you, those are your problems. Absolutely. Those are your problems. One of the things going through with Braylon I uh when I was younger I used to think that uh you know it could always be worse. Yeah. It could always be worse. Absolutely. But experiencing what I went through with Braylon it could always be worse but that was my worst. Yeah. And it's the same whether you're dealing with debt, a divorce, you know, things going on in your family. Yeah, you're just getting out of high school, you lose your girlfriend, and that is like the worst thing that ever happened yeah. to you in life. And that is your worst. So people go through depression, anxiety, all the things that fall under mental health, mental illness, and and don't think of it as an illness. Don't think of it as something is wrong with you. Something is, you know, you're you're bad. You're 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 not a you're not good you're not in a good state it's not frowned upon if you're struggling you're struggling there's help there are people to call there are people to reach out to there are multiple outlets you know the first step is acknowledging that you need help and you take that first step a lot of people have that barrier where they think i'm okay i can deal with it oh i'm on my own nobody cares nobody and as cliche as it may sound, people do care. 
People do want to hear what you have to say. People are willing to listen, and we are one of those people. Yeah, we want to be that outlet. Whether you got a vent, you got to share your story to maybe touch somebody else and, you know, share your experiences. You know, what I went through may not be what you're going through. Somebody else's story may be what you are going through or whatever the case may be. Somebody is going to relate to you and somebody is going to be thankful to say, you know what, I think I, I think I could do this. I think I could talk to somebody. I think I'm ready to open up. Right. And ask the questions. We go through trainings, suicide trainings, awareness. What is it? Act, uh, ask, care, treat, something like that, I think it is. Uh, that was before my time <laughs> or after but, uh, my time. <laughs> we, we, we have trainings that we have to do. Everybody signs off on it. Hey, sign off that you were at their mm-hmm. training. Hey, Go to the theater. We got suicide training or whatever. Yeah. But that's where it stops. Nobody really follows up. We go through training, suicide awareness, people are aware, and da 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 this, that, and the next. But no steps are ever taken after that. And that's the shitty part. Maybe even in the civilian world, uh, I guess this should be uh, people's suicide awareness training. It could be. Could very just, well just, be. just listening to this, just listening to other people's stories. Uh, like you said, everybody's problems aren't the same, but uh, listening to other people's problems might put that into perspective for you. Uh, I forget where I was going with that. We don't want to put, you know somebody's problem more there's no scale when it comes to problems and when it comes to issues there's no you know meter to oh well i need to get to this limit to fit no if you're going through something you're going yeah. through something no yeah. matter how small no matter how big i guess your issue my point was is like uh there, there are certain programs and and things you can do and and ways you can navigate uh that that the next person doesn't know how to navigate or didn't know about that program and listening to other people's stories, it might be like, Oh, I've tried everything, but you know, I heard that guy's story and he tried this. Let me try that too. Or even reaching out to that person. Yeah. Reaching out to them. They, they might have a totally different uh, perspective, but it's things like that. It's like that, little push or that little hey how you doing or listening to somebody's like you said listening to somebody's story like that could be the motivating factor to be like i want to reach out to that person hey this is what i'm going through or this is what's going on and that's just on the outside on the inside it needs to come down intrusive leadership mm-hmm. and it needs to be 100 percent honored and followed up and it can't be you know, that chief is a dick. I can't even talk to that chief or that first class or that second class. Like you're in that position of leadership for a reason. You yeah. made it to that point and you need to accept all responsibilities of that leadership. It doesn't include just doing your job. Yeah. It doesn't include, you know, you by yourself. You have people that you lead that you need to look out for. And that's like you said, in the civilian world, you run a company, you're an owner of a company. You're not, I just saw a video 
of somebody or uh, Gary V was talking about uh, you don't run a company and expect people to think the same mentality that you think. Right. Just because you're the owner of that company, those people are not your drones. Those people are not, you know, robots or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those are people and you need to talk to them in the military. Yes, you're in the military. Yes, you sign a contract. Yes, you're obligated to fulfill that contract. But at the end of the day, those are people with families, loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a heart. They have a mind. They have their own opinions. They have their emotions. And on some level, you need to reach out to them and be 100% respectable and receptive of that as well so they don't fall to the wayside they don't feel like they're alone they don't feel like what the fuck am i doing here why did i sign Mm -hmm. up for this nobody fucking cares about me i'm just a number i'm just this that and the next like that's that's not how that's not how it's supposed to be and it sucks because unfortunately that's That's how it is that's how it is so you need help you need someone to talk to we're here there are hotlines and VAs uh, hotlines that you can reach out to uh, you know we're we'll listen there are hotlines but uh, the hotlines the hotlines are gonna treat you like a number I, I've I've called the hotlines before I didn't know that and they they treat you like a number. Uh, they they listen to your story and they pass it on. So that one person doesn't follow up with your story. Call call somebody that you know that would care. Uh, call somebody like like us. You know, we we will care. Been in that position. We'll listen. But if. if you can you can still try the hotline because maybe maybe that was just my uh, experience experience with it. Uh, maybe you'll have different luck, but calling somebody that you think would care is is much easier. And it's not, and it's those people that are consistent. People who ask, "How are you doing? What's going on?" Be real with them. Yeah. Let them know what's going on. Talk to them. You know, Check on them. Pull them to the side. Be like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I got going on. And I know it's easier said than done, but there are people out there that genuinely care. We're trying to be those people that genuinely care. We're trying to be that outlet. We're trying to be that helpful guidance to push you in the right direction or offer information and that's not just with mental health that's with everything outside of the military everything within the military like obviously everything full disclosure everything is on in our opinion of course we may not know everything but we'll do our damnness to find out and uh with that being said uh that's our first episode of bottle chats it's been real it's been real thanks for listening um, we're here. DM us, follow us at Bottle Chat Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, 
If you want to reach out to our personals, uh, mine's living underscore seven swell. Mine is at Mr. Bishop. It's in our uh, link, our bio. Yep, it's in the uh, bottle chat podcast bio. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. So next time.